Good evening, world. This is the podcast, Asafras, and your host, S. Lori Patel. Doing it a little bit all fresco tonight. It's really hot, and, um, well, I don't have any air conditioners. And so, opening the window and making myself available of a fan are my two options. Well, I can't have a fan going and doing the podcast at the same time. So I am left with leaving the window open. My apologies. Um, happy Father's Day to everybody in the U.S. I know that that's uh, specifically a U- U.S. thing, but happy Father's Day to anybody and everybody that's listening. Thank you for all you do, dads, for all the sacrifices you make and all of the all the times when you just wanted to hit the ceiling and then grinned through it and said, yeah, sure, that's fine. For all the times you got voluntold to do something and for the never-ending honey-do list. Thank you. Um, before we get started in the book, I wanted to go over really quickly a... I don't like calling it a teaching moment, because that sounds very patronizing and paternal. But I'm not sure what else to call it, so I hope, as you listen, maybe you can give it your own vernacular from the perspective that you're listening to it from. I had a, uh, an incident today, and I'm not going to go too much in it. Um, somebody was gift-giving... And the gift was not well received. Not because the person giving the gift wasn't loved or appreciated, but because the nature of the gift was one of those hot-button topics that tends to be very much of a personal nature. Um, And depending on your own personal perspective, may or may not be well received. Let's put it that way. And I just want to take the moment to remind people of two things. Two very, very important things. First and foremost, is that no matter, no matter how much you love something, no matter how important something is to you, you will never get anybody else to love it or value it in the same way that you do. Never. Not ever. I don't care who it is. I don't care how long you've known them. I don't care how much you love them. You are not them. They are not you. Every single person on earth is unique. All 8 billion of us. 8 billion unique souls. For the the similar reason, our DNA is not replicated not once out of 8 billion of us. Our experiences in life make each of us unique. There is not one similar, excuse me, not one identical set of circumstances that everyone has gone through. Not once. Because the experiences you have are informed by by the perspectives that you have in the experiences that you're having. Okay, let me explain that, right? The the happy dog and the angry dog, right? Uh, angry dog walks into a room 
and comes out snarling. Happy Dog walks into a room, comes out smiling. Why? Because the room was filled with mirrors. The angry dog went in there and saw other angry dogs snarling back at him. The happy dog went in there and saw other dogs smiling at him. Okay. Another good analogy for that is the alcoholic dad who has two children. One child grows up to be an alcoholic just like dad. And the other child grows up refusing to touch a single drop of the stuff. Same growing up situation, same alcoholic father. But why does one turn into the alcoholic and the other never touch a drop? For the exact same reason, the alcoholic father. One saw it as, well, that's my dad, I'm pretty much destined to do it. I'm just going to end up like it anyways. And the other one said, I never want to end up like that. I will never touch that stuff. I will never be like my dad. I don't want to hurt other people that way. Our perspectives are as unique to us as our fingerprints, as our DNA. They are crafted from every single experience you have been through on this planet up to this point. Good or bad. You cannot ever get anybody else to love or value what you love and value in the way that you value it or love it. Never. You might get them interested in it, but then they will end up loving and or valuing the thing in their own way. And the second part... I'm going to try and not get emotional about those. Probably going to fail, but I'll try. Is that when someone gives you a gift that they put a lot of thought into, the actual gift itself isn't anywhere near as important as the person's attempt to show you how much you mean to them in the act of giving that gift. Receive the gift, take the gift, say thank you. And even if that thing, whatever it is, from your perspective, doesn't mean the same thing, value it anyways as, an, as a physical, a physical token that that person wants you to know how much they love you, care for you, and appreciate you. For the exact same reason that you would accept a pebble from a child. Not because the pebble has any value or worth, but because the child had the pebble, and because that was their only thing, they decided to give it to you. Their only possession, here, I want you to have it. Please, please tell that person how much you love them, how much they are loved, how much they are appreciated. I'm actually going to post something related to this on my Facebook page. You can go check it out afterwards. I might uh, attach a link, if I can figure out how to attach a link, 
in the description. Alright. Never mind what the gift was. It is still a physical representation of just how much that person cares about you. Especially if thought and care was gone into its procurement. Okay. Those were my two things. I wanted to point those out before we get started. Always show the people you love how much you love them. And never apologize, excuse me, never feel bad for going out of your way for someone. Okay? How you treat other people is your integrity. How they treat you is theirs. Never feel bad for going out of your way or showing someone how much you care. Because that is a beautiful expression of the wonderful, caring, amazing person that you are underneath. If for no other reason that the act of you giving something that you care about out into the universe is adding, is making you happy, is making you joyful, you appreciate doing something nice for someone else, even if they don't appreciate it the same way back, don't feel bad. It takes a lot of discipline, but I'm, I'm going to warn you, try. Don't feel bad. Because you did something beautiful for someone else in the viewpoint that you think is it, a, it is a beautiful thing. Even if they don't appreciate it the same way that you do. You know what it means to you. Okay? So we took those as the first few minutes of our podcast today some important reminders as you're going out there and encountering life and other people alright as the old adage goes you don't know what someone else has gone through or is currently going through but I do believe we could all use a little more kindness So I guess what I'm trying to say is never apologize for being kind, even if it's not reciprocated. And again, I apologize for the uh, car sounds in the background, but it is quite sweltering. And um, I don't think you would want me to melt into the podcast or my phone to melt into the floor. So my apologies for the background noise. C'est la vie. We shall continue. Alright, so yesterday we left off at learning to turn things over to the universe, or to have faith, as it were. Faith in life's magic, faith in the universe, that it has your back, that it knows what you're going through, and it wants you to thrive. Okay. You... The fact that you are alive, that you can breathe, that you can see, that you can smell, taste, hear, sense. You can see a sunrise. You can speak or sing or get angry or shout. 
You can jump, you can hop, you can run, you can walk, you can crawl, you can swim. Just you being alive is magical. And yesterday we went over uh, the universal bank account, as Mr. Dooley puts it, where in the spiritual bank account, the more you take out is the more that's available to withdraw, versus your physical bank account, where the more you take out, the less you have. Okay, so we went over that yesterday. Right, your supply is limitless, eternal and unending, and yours for the taking. Okay. So, just remember that life itself is magic. The beauty in a sunrise, the resplendent diversity of every flower in a garden, when you go there and you're just taken aback and your breath kind of leaves you for a moment. The unending splendor that you see in the natural world is magic. Alright. So we are going to get to learning to turn things over to the universe. Very important thing to do. Um, and before we get any farther, my shout out to the restaurant industry, all my guys and gals up there in Foodland. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for all you've done. It's stressful, it's hot, it's chaotic. You never have enough prep. The morning guys never do enough. The evening guys never do enough. And there's always a stack in the dish pit. And every single person at work is necessary. And you really feel it when someone's not there to cover their shift. So thank you for putting yourself through all of that. And if you're feeling stressed and overworked and overwhelmed, please, please, please don't do something you can't take back. Don't quit. Don't quit. Okay. Learning to turn things over to the universe. We are so accustomed to doubting ourselves that we think it's natural to doubt things or processes that are seemingly outside ourselves. We think it's natural, however unpleasant, to be concerned, to worry, and even to have backup plans. But these kinds of doubts actually diminish the otherwise flawless performances of the universe on our behalf. The reason we worry so much is that we erroneously think that it is we our physical selves will have to carry out our lo Yeah. Sorry about that. Mm. Let me try that one again. The reason we worry so much is that we erroneously think that it is we, our physical selves, who have to carry out all our wishes. If that were true, then we would have a lot to worry about. But the irony is that our physical selves are little more than breathing lumps of clay that can't even begin to function without the help of the universe. We can't walk and talk about the universe, yet we think, yeah, 
Yet we think it's our job to make ourselves healthy, to provide ourselves financially, to find peace and harmony by manipulating the hours of our days. And by thinking and behaving like this, we're telling ourselves and the universe that we don't believe or have faith in its unending miracles. On the other hand, with magical universe thinking built into your life, you can start enjoying and appreciating that everything is already just as it should be. And know that you are on your way to the manifestation of all your dreams. When you begin enjoying the present and all that it holds, you become less focused on the future and how you want it to turn out. After all, the universe knows what you want, and by following your own natural rhythms and pace, your inner gifts from heaven, we went over that earlier, you can relax. Having faith that all your future wants, desires, and dreams will manifest before you even know what they are. For those of us who aren't quite there yet, who like having goals and who see them as challenges, dream manifestation is at least a fun and enlightening hobby. But applying these understandings of life's magic to you and your life, you should be quickly begin to realize that your job in the manifestation process is to primarily decide on and refine your dreams. Not to painstakingly struggle as if you were working against the universe to, quote-unquote, make them happen. Alright. I like that first line. We are so accustomed to doubting ourselves, we think it's natural to doubt things or processes seemingly outside ourselves. That first line. It is a really uncomfortable, unfortunate, and sad, often depressing reality, isn't it? We are harshest on ourselves. We doubt ourselves and our ability to do things, and our capability to do things. And we think it's natural to worry, have backup plans. Alright, but here's the thing, and this is what he's trying to say here, right? I'm gonna take a stab at it, is what have we gone over? Energy flows where attention goes. So if you're sitting there and you're focusing on worry, focusing on doubt, what you're creating are... What? Other thoughts. What is something that you want to manifest? It's an idea or thought in your head. Yes, we went over this earlier in this book, actually. Not just manifesting change. We went over... Excuse me. We went over it in this book. Alright, when you are worrying, when you are doubting... Those are competing thoughts against the one you're trying to manifest. Again, I apologize profusely for the sounds outside. Alright. You're giving more volume to the worry, to the doubt, to everything that could go wrong 
rather than focusing on the end result and leaving the house up to the Grand Pumbaa or whomever it is you think is upstairs running things or the universe at large, whatever it is you want to call it. Okay? This is why visualization on a consistent daily basis, I would argue, is not a... How do I want to say this? Not a chore, not a habit. A necessity. Because, and we've gone over this again before many, many times, the brain is not hardwired for happiness. It is hardwired for survival. You naturally pick up on every single negative bit of information that you hear more keenly and give it more attention, more importance than you do positive thoughts. Okay, this creates imbalance. All right, the good news is, and we also went over this, is that positive thoughts are, well, we haven't um, been able to strength test it, as it were, but we can assume a, with a relative degree of certainty that positive thoughts are more powerful than negative ones because it only takes few minutes a day of proper, concerted, clear visualization of your end result, you being in your end result, the, the feeling of gratitude, joy, relief, you know, throwing your hands up to the sky, yes, thank you, I made it, oh my god, my life is about to change. Just a few minutes of that, five, maybe ten, you want to do one in the morning, one in the evening, five minutes each, go for it. But don't make it too much. Just that little bit is enough to offset an entire day of worrying and doubting. That's not to mean that you shouldn't become more aware of the worry and doubt because the less that you can feel those is the faster you're going to manifest, right? Because when you're feeling less doubt and worry, you're feeling more confident and at peace, knowing that whatever it is, is it's just gonna come into your life. For the same reason why when you go to work, you know you're going to get your paycheck. Right on time, this particular day, you know how many hours you've worked, and you know what that's going to translate into. You expect your paycheck, and guess what? You get your paycheck. The exact same level of expectation and certainty and peace and understanding and comfort you have in anticipating that paycheck is the space that you need to be in for manifesting the things that you want to manifest. Okay. So learning to turn things over to the universe, we've gone over this before, we'll go over it many, many times, is to not concentrate on the hows. How do I get there? Do I need to go left here? Do I need to, do I need to go to this job and do these activities? Do I need to be that person? Stop. All right. This is why he introduced so many of those wonderful uh, visualization techniques in Manifesting Change. And one of the most powerful, and I absolutely love it, is that phone call. You don't even have to be talking to anybody. You just, you've ended the phone call, you have the phone in your hand, and you've just received life-changing news. The kind of stuff that makes you weep and cry 
and you're happy and grateful and overjoyed and relief just washes over you because you know your life is about to change. I can't express to you how powerful thoughts like that are. Okay? So if it's one thing you can do that could change your entire reality, okay, that this, um, oh, there was another point I want to make in there, okay, so, first point, do that, okay, because it's generic, because it allows the universe more opportunity to bring whatever that would end up being into your life. And on the flip side of that, I wanted to make uh, point out, that's why happiness is on the far left side of his manifesting matrix. You can find that manifesting change. But also exhibits getting crystal clear on an end result that you want. Okay? Is to picture yourself, yourself, you, sitting wherever it is that you're sitting, Okay? You've got your phone in your hand, whatever phone that it is. Could be a cell phone, could be a landline, although those are rare. Whatever. You've just gotten off the phone. How do you react? What emotions are going through your head? How do you express being overcome with relief and joy and gratitude? Okay? That's still getting clear about your end result. That's still being detailed and clear about your end result. That is why that visualization is so unbelievably powerful. If you do nothing else for the next 30 days, find some time in the afternoon after everything that's gone on through the day, find some time in the afternoon to have that visualization. Find yourself a closet, go lock yourself in the bathroom, your office, your bedroom, I don't care where, maybe if you even go in your car. And drive somewhere so that people don't bug you. And just sit with that. With as much emotion in it as you can. And then become aware of what goes on around you. Notice the things you might not have noticed before. Right? And then go out into the world. Go out into the world. Don't stay home. And do something. Go for a walk in a place you've never gone for a walk before. Go treat yourself to that new restaurant that's down the street. On your way home from work, turn left instead of turning right when you would normally go down your street. And do something new. Because every time you do something new that's outside of your normal routine, you are signaling to the universe that you are open to experiencing and receiving the unknown. And that in and of itself is powerful. Okay. Your job is to figure out what it is you want. Believe that it is yours already and then wait for it to arrive. And the one thing that hiccups everything, everybody the most is that middle part. 
belief. Insomuch as almost nobody truly really knows what it is they want, they think they know what they want, but they don't really, because what they want has been conditioned by the perspectives and the beliefs, good or bad, that they have been taught up until this point in their life. The sad reality is very, 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 very few people actually know what they want. And those people are the ones you see on Forbes and Fortune 500 magazine. They're the A-listers. They're the titans of business and industry. They have a singular focus and they go after it with determination. They don't let anything get in their way. When you are manifesting, you need to have that rock solid and a confidence of you're going to get to that point and there's nobody going to stop you. Okay? Please don't think small of yourself. Please. You are here, you are alive. Those two things. My goodness. Are a miracle in itself. There is not a you that has existed before. There is not a you that will exist again. Even if you do believe in reincarnation. You will still get a different body with a different set of circumstances that you grow up with. By God. Do amazing. Go play in the ocean. Go do the silly things that make your heart turn, you know, shine like a damn sun. Do things that light you up. There's no time for anything else. Because by the time you realize that you don't really have a lot of time left, then you scramble to try and get all those things in. Do them now. Alright. So tomorrow we will come back at Clarity Begets Clarity. Go ahead and get in a little wiggle and do a little stretch. Excuse me, and we will do our two minute brain break. Alrighty. Go ahead and close your eyes. And let's take a nice, slow, deep breath in. Just let your awareness settle. 
into the space. And just become aware of what's around you. The sounds coming in from my window, the music in the background, the weather if there's any outside, the room you're sitting in. Just become aware of it all. And appreciate this moment. For all of the things it carries in it. guys i will see you back here tomorrow thank you for listening thank you for being here make sure you show appreciation to the people who love you they need to hear it and it's no small thing that people will always do more when they feel appreciated. Remember that. So have a fantastic rest of your evening. And again, happy Father's Day to all the dads. This is the podcast, Sassafras. Good night.